you open our hearts? I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for what you do in us when we come together in your name. I thank you, Jesus, for, for drawing us together as a body of believers this morning. Thank you that we're one small portion of the millions, multiple millions around the world who call on your name today. Jesus, we've gathered here because of you, and we need you. Empower us by your Holy Spirit now to receive all that you have for us today from your word as we read it, study it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have been with us in recent weeks, I doing this small series called Why, Why We? Why We? And, and, uh, and, and each week a little bit different. A couple of weeks ago is why, why We Believe. Why do we believe? And we looked in John chapter 9 and we, we saw there how this man who was born blind and, and at the beginning of the day he, he knows virtually nothing about Jesus except he comes by and he puts mud in his eyes and tells him to go wash in a particular place. He washes and he sees and, and he begins to believe in Jesus because he's a man of compassion and he's a man of power, healing. But, it, but, but by the end of that day, he believes in Jesus and worships him because he is God. Why, why do we believe? In, in this time of a little bit of transition in our church, just, just rooms, not, not a major transition, but, but I wanted to come back and say, why do we do these things? Why do we believe these things? And That was two weeks ago. Last week, why, why, why we pray? And we looked at Jesus' prayers through the book of Luke, one of the Gospels. And we saw there how, how and why Jesus prayed. And why we are to pray. And Jesus prayed that way, not just to give us a nice story, but to give us an example in how we too are to pray. Well, this morning, today, I want to share with you why we belong. Why, why do we belong? That's a, that's a, that's a good question to ask. Why, why, why do we belong here? You know, we're a very diverse group when you think about it. There, there's, there's every, in this building right now, there's, there's every, everyone from a child within the womb and a child in the nursery and a child held in the arms to a little child, toddler, and, and smaller children and youth and, and, and young adults and middle adults and older adults. We've got everyone here from in utero to 80-something, 90-something. Wonderful. That's, we don't, but we don't belong here because we're all of the same age group. We're all of different ages. That's a good thing. We're not here because we're of the same, of the same background. We all have very different backgrounds. Some of you, some of you are from different places, remote places like, like North Dakota. I mean, you're from a long ways away. No, so you were people from the islands, and we have people from South America. We have people from the Far East. It's wonderful. We have different histories and different backgrounds and different ethnicities, and it's wonderful. 
we don't, we don't belong here because we all look the same or we all sound the same. That's not why we belong. Why do we belong? Well, this morning I want to I want to look in, in God's word and and, and, to, and to, so that we see why, why is it that we belong? Why do we belong here today? And the first thing that I want to point out is that we belong to Him. If you're taking notes this morning, just go ahead and write that down. We belong to Him. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to begin. I want to begin in Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 3. So you can go ahead and turn there. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, this is, of course, very early in, in the, the chronology of Jesus' public ministry. By the way, the book of Mark is the most chronological. It happened as it's recorded in that sequence. So obviously, chapter 3, this is very early, and it's in Mark chapter 3 that Jesus is when Jesus chose his disciples. It says in Mark chapter 3, verse 14, And Jesus appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. It's it's very brief there, but I want you to notice in that just that one verse, I want you to notice the line, with him. Please notice that, with him. It says, so that they might, Jesus chose them, he, he called them, so that they might first of all be with him. That is the essence of discipleship. By the way, this was not necessarily something new. There were a lot of people who gathered followers around them and they called them disciples. In fact, John the Baptist before Jesus, John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus, he also had disciples or followers. But these guys, these guys are following somebody unlike there had ever been or ever would be. And he gathers these disciples, he chooses them. And the essence of discipleship, you see it there in that verse, is to first of all be with him. Those people that he chose, those 12 men that he chose were first with him before they did something for him. That is extremely important. They were with him before he sent them. It was being before doing. Do you know it's still that way today? Uh, Regardless of how long ago you came to Jesus Christ, or maybe you've not come to him yet, when you first come to him, it's not that he just puts you in charge of something immediately or sends you out immediately. The most important part of that equation is that you're first with him, that you grow in him, that you learn from him, that that we grow up in him being before doing. And Jesus, he, we, we, the, the, whole, the whole wonderful story of salvation is that here was sinful mankind and God wanting to reconcile, and so he sent his only son, Jesus, to, to bring the message of salvation and to become the means of salvation. Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead And because he did that, he not only called them before his death and resurrection, but he also today calls us. You see, this same kind of thing happens. Some time ago, maybe it was a few weeks ago or a number of months ago or many years ago, the Holy Spirit began to draw you and you responded to him. You became his follower and you became his disciple. He still calls people today, but it's that same sequence. 
before we're called to anything else, before we belong to anything else, before we belong to a congregation or a church or a group or a Bible study or anything else, we first come to Him. We come to Him. It's the most important. 1 Corinthians chapters, chapter 6, verses 19 and, and 20. Um, we, we've been studying that on Wednesday night. Join us. It's a great time. Even if you've not been there before, come on in. We're in chapter 7 now. But, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says this, You are not your own. You were bought with a price. How many here are really, really glad that you were bought with a price? Praise the Lord. He paid for you. He paid for it on a cross. There's another reason. So first of all, we belong to him. There's another reason why we belong, and that is in belonging to him, we belong to each other. Now, now stay with me on this because this is where we, I think almost everyone agrees to the first part. We belong to him. But here's where it gets a little bit tough for some people. But in, in, in coming to him, we also came together with other people. When Jesus called those disciples to himself, they came together. And again, maybe you never thought of it that way, but, but Jesus, when he called them, he did not, he did not schedule them you know, uh, in certain time sequences to come and meet with him one-on-one, and then he would dismiss them, and then he would take on the next one. You know, Peter from, from 9 to 10, Andrew from 10 to 11, and then Bartholomew from 11 to noon. Okay, and maybe they see each other in the waiting room. No, it's not like that. He called them, he called them to himself, but in coming to him, they also came together. They started doing life together. They started walking together, eating together, living together, ministering together, making mistakes together, doing stupid stuff sometimes together. You can read it all in the gospel. Some of the discussions they had, you're kind of like, what are you guys talking about? Who's the greatest? He's right there in your, in your midst. His name is Jesus. They did some stupid things. But all of us, in, in coming to him, they came together. In fact, had a disciple, pretty sure on this, if a disciple would have come to Jesus, or he would have called them, and they responded and said, okay, I'll be your follower, had they, had they said to Jesus, I will follow you, but I won't associate with them, I don't think they'd be a disciple very long. Now think about that. In coming to Jesus, if they, if they would have said, I will be your follower, but I won't have anything to do with that other disciple, I'm quite confident that Jesus would say, thank you very much. I'll get someone else. Coming to him, they came together. So how does that relate to us? Well, when, when you came to Jesus Christ, when you surrendered your life to him, wherever it was, in whatever kind of venue it happened to be, you, you, you may not have known this, but in, when you came to him, you also, you also became part of the family of God. You, you became one, one member, and all of a sudden, whether you realize it or not, you had millions of brothers and sisters around the world. It's pretty cool, actually. I like it that way. I've mentioned this before. You're traveling someplace and you go to church. And by the way, if you travel, give your go someplace on go to church someplace. Yeah, it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll be blessed. I promise you. 
and, and you're going to meet them, and you're going to talk with them like two or three minutes, and all of a sudden there's going to be something in your heart. There's this connection, and it's like, wow, that is so cool. You know what that is? Family of God. So we belong to each other in large part because we belong to him. There's another right, excuse me, there's another reason why we belong, and that is when we belong, we are changed. When we belong to him, and because I belong to him, I also belong with a greater family of God. Because I belong, and in belonging, I am changed. Because we are in fellowship with God, he changes us. We get that. No one disputes that. No person who claims faith in Christ will dispute that fact. But also, if I'm in relationship with him, I'm changed, certainly. I'm also, if I'm in relationship with others, they too will change me and I will change them. It's supposed to be that way. Why do we belong? One of the reasons we belong is that we are changed. Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, and you can turn there, uh, uh, contains a verse that is often used in regards to church attendance. And that applies, I'm not minimizing that, it's very true. But it's actually, if, if we only think that it's talking about church attendance, we miss something. Do you know that you can come to church and you can, you can come in and you can find your spot? Isn't it funny how we've only been in this room for three, three, uh, three weeks and you've already found your spot? This is how we are. We can find our spot. And by the way, can, can, I, can, I, can I be so bold as to say something? Some of you have been a part of this church for a long, long time, and, and you've become really accustomed to that spot in the sanctuary. You know what? In a couple of weeks, seven, eight weeks from now, when we go back in, guess what? You could find another spot. Really? You're going to say, well, that's, that's my place in the pew. It's going to be a different pew. I digress. All right. Okay, yeah. Hebrews chapter 10. It's not just about church attendance. When we come together, it's not just about showing up, but we're all so changed. Hebrews chapter 10, verse, um, verse uh, 24, it says this, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What's he saying here? What is the writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, the writer of the book of Hebrews, what is he saying here in chapter 10, verses 24 and 25? Not just go to church, but what he's saying here is that when we do come to, when we come to him, and because of that we come together, when we gather together, it's more than just showing up, but it's also that we affect a change in other people. It says love is stirred up, good works happen, and we exhort, that's a fancy way of saying build up, we build up each other because we are together. When we gather together as a body of believers, because we belong we have an influence on other people. Now, I didn't put him up to this, but that's what Nathan Anderson was talking about this morning. It's because he belonged in that Sunday school class, because that teacher belonged to that body of believers. Now, 20, 30 years later, there's a now a grown man with kids of his own who said, there's somebody that changed my life. 
because we belong together. That's what it's talking about here. Two times, and you see that, you see that text there before you, two times in that text are the words, the two-word phrase, one another. It says, consider one another and exhorting one another. So that simply tells us that as we come together, because we believe and because we, belong, because we pray and because we belong, we affect a change on other people. We affect a change on them. I, I've changed you, you've changed me, we've changed each other. By the way, this one another thing, you see it two times here in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. But actually that one another, that two-word phrase, one another, shows up a lot in the Bible. Particularly in the New Testament. Listen to this. These are all quotes, two or three or four word quotes from, from many different places throughout the New Testament. Listen to this. Listen to these, uh, these direct quotes of one another. We are to, quote, love one another. We are to bear, which means not expose, but to help carry, to lift. We are to bear one another's burdens. We are, con- we are to confess our sins to one another. We are to accept one another, comfort one another, instruct one another, be kind to one another, care for one another, forgive one another, forgive one, did I say that one already? I'll come back to that. Encourage one another and be devoted to one another. All of those things happen because we belong. And many of those things, most of those things would not happen if we weren't together. If we didn't belong. That's really important. If you don't belong to a body of believers, those things are not happening as they should. In fact, now here, if there's, if there's one statement that I'm going to make this morning that is really going to be controversial, it is it. So ready? Here it is. Take it with what you will. I'll explain it a moment. But here it is. You cannot fulfill, you cannot fulfill what this book repeatedly calls a believer to do and to be outside a commitment to one another. Let me say it again. You cannot fulfill, you can do it in part, but you cannot fulfill what this book repeatedly calls a follower of Jesus Christ to do and to be outside a commitment to one another. In other words, if you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't want anything to do with other Christians, you cannot, you cannot do a lot of those things, that I, those one another's that I just read. You can't do it. Proverbs 27, 17, great text. It's one you've heard. That's where it is, Proverbs 27, 17. It's one of my favorites. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Great text. Uh, we used to have one of these when I was a kid. I don't know what ever happened to it. I, I, I wish I could find it. Um, but it was one of these long steel rods, a little bit rounded at the end, and we would sharpen knives on it, right? And you still see it. I think that's the best picture of how, 
if you're going to sharpen something that's very strong, make it stronger, you also have something of, of equal strength. And, and in that sometimes abrasive process, sometimes maybe um, hard process, sometimes creating some heat and friction process, people are sharpened. Um, I, I enjoy, uh, it doesn't happen very often with what I do, but um, on the occasion that I'm driving a long distance and I'm alone, I really enjoy listening to, um, I really enjoy listening to sermons. I, 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 I don't get to hear that many sermons, obviously, I'm the one who's often preaching, but it's really refreshing for me to listen to a, a sermon. And there's, there's one person in particular, one, one preacher in particular that I really, I'm really ministered to whenever I listen to him. He has excellent, uh, powerful teaching from God's Word. No fluff, no, no shallow, ear-tickling stuff that is seemingly so prevalent. But, but really biblically solid and sound instruction. Every time I listen, um, I, am, uh, I, I learn something and I'm blessed. But, but let me tell you something. While I enjoy that, but listening to a message or watching one is not belonging. Let me be very clear on that. Listening to a message... Or, or watching one is not, is not belonging. It's, it's not. I'm sorry, but it's not. I, I, I could listen to this particular person for many months or many years. I don't know how, many, how much material is out there on him, but, but I could listen for years and never be a part of that congregation. I, I could even send an offering. I could find that website and, or, or that mailing address, and I could send an offering, or I could pray for that pastor or for that congregation. I could refer others to that website where I could download that iPod sermon and still not belong. No one at that congregation will ever hold me accountable for my words or my actions. They will never call me to encourage me in my walk with Jesus Christ. I will never be offended by someone in that church and therefore never have to forgive them. Now there may be some very, very sharp people in that congregation where that pastor preaches almost every week. There there may be some sharp people there, but they'll never sharpen me. So, So when I sometimes, not often, but when I sometimes hear someone tells me that, well, I, I listened to a sermon or I watched a message and so I did church. I, I, I tell them, no, 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 you didn't. For if we belong, I mean if we really belong to a gathering of believers, there's going to be accountability. There's going to be where, where you come up to someone and say, hey, listen, I love you so much and I care for you so much and we're, we've been walking this journey long enough to say, I'm really concerned where you're heading down this road and if you don't stop, I think there's going to be some real pain ahead of you. You know, you know, you know when that happens? When we belong. Um, there, there will never be an opportunity to minister to others or receive ministry from others unless we belong. There will be offenses that are made when we belong, and we will then have the opportunity to forgive others. Now, I I come down on that one a little bit, a little bit stronger. 
because that's Christianity 101, but that's truth. By the way, can I, I'm just going to add this in here. Do you know why many people leave a church? Do you know why many people leave a church? Very seldom is it doctrinal. I've been pastoring for 20, 25 years now. And uh, very seldom has it ever been over a matter of doctrine. In fact, there have been times where people have gone to another church and the doctrine is like totally whacked out and it's like, wow, what's with that? Seldom doctrinal. Uh, very seldom is it missional. Well, we disagree with the mission of the church and so we're going to go to one that's, don't hear that. No, no, in fact, it's frequently personal. Someone gets angry at someone else, and rather than biblically reconcile, they go to another church or they go to no church. It's true. I know of what I speak. I've seen this happen so many times. Well, I, I, like, I like your preaching. I call him up. I like your preaching, Pastor, and I like the music, but, well, I tell you, that one person, I think he's a, she's a hypocrite, and I don't want anything to do with them, so I'm going to another church, or I'm not going to any church. Well, wait a minute, I thought that we were supposed to forgive. See, if you belong, you're going to get offended. By the way, if you're new here at the church, just give it a little while, you're going to get offended. Serious, by someone. Someone's going to really get you upset. Someone's going to crank you up. Glory to God, guess what you have? An opportunity to, 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 to be in belonging, an opportunity to do what the church does, and that is be offended and then to forgive. So if you say, well, I'm just, just going to go to another church because I don't like the feeling. Well, deal with the feeling. Clear the air, move forward. Somebody say amen to that. And those opposed, same sign. No, 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 no. no. Listen, w- listen, when we belong, when we, not if, when we belong, we will walk this journey together. We will help carry another person's burdens. When they receive that phone call and the the doctor's notice is really hard, I'll tell you what, there's going to be someone there to minister to them. When someone has a baby, there's going to be someone say, can we bring over a casserole? You're going to say, yes, anything except with beans. Yes, whatever. That's what happens when we belong. We, we do this thing called serving Jesus together. I can't, wouldn't you like to know the rest of the story? Wouldn't you like to know whatever happened between those disciples going forward? Some of them, we know a little bit of their story, but wouldn't you love to know? There was probably correspondence. You know, Peter writing to Bartholomew, hey, listen, Bart, let me tell you, it's been a long time since we've seen you. It's not scripture. It's not in the Bible. It's not supposed to be. It was just a personal letter. Hey, Bart, I love you, man. Remember when we did this with Jesus? I just wanted to let you know that the Holy Spirit put you on my heart to pray for you today. Why? Because they belonged. Because that's what they did. Peter's wife. I'm sure she made someone a meal for someone else's wife who had a baby. It's not in scripture, but I, I know, I'm sure it happened check when I get to heaven. When we belong, we walk the journey together, we carry other people's burdens, they help carry ours. And through all of that, through all of that interaction, through all of that iron sharpening iron, we will be increasingly changed into the image of Jesus Christ. I am more like Jesus today because of some of you than I was 20 years ago. 
Some of you are more like Jesus because of me or because of someone else than you were because iron sharpens iron. We, when we belong, we are changed. One more reason why we belong. In belonging, we accomplish together what we could never accomplish alone. In belonging, we accomplish together what we cannot accomplish alone. There's a really, if you're taking notes, this, this is a really cool word. It's a technical word. It's a technical term um, for this. It's called synergy. S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y. Synergy. <laughs> Here's, this, this, this is deep stuff. So here, synerg- this is the definition. Synergy, straight out of uh, the dictionary. Synergy is the interaction or cooperation of two or more organisms producing a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. Can I get a hallelujah? (laughs) It's like, what? Okay, synergy is the interaction or cooperation of two or more organisms producing a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. And actually, this is a very biblical thing. You see it throughout the Bible. You see it in places where it says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. In other words, one can be broken easily, even two. But when there's three, it's harder to break that. Why? That's synergy. In the Old Testament, it uses a great line. Um, one can defeat a thousand, but two can defeat tens of thousands. It doesn't say one can defeat a thousand, two can defeat two thousands. No, it's multiplied. It's not added. It's multiplied. It's synergistic. Jesus taught synergy. He basically taught this. Guys, you're going to do more together than you could all, the sum of what you could all do individually. Synergy. I don't know that he ever used the word, but he taught it. With the exception of a few places of prayer that we looked at, some of them last week, with the exception of places of prayer, Jesus almost always had someone with him. In those three years of public ministry, he almost always had someone with him in a boat. He was not alone, someone with him. He was in a garden, Garden of Gethsemane. Come and pray with me. On a mountain, he took three of the guys up to the top of the mountain, talked with Elijah and Moses. He didn't go alone. In someone's home. Someone's sick, someone's dead, goes into a place, he brings someone with him. Jesus intentionally included other people. Now let me tell you something, Jesus did not need synergy. He didn't. He was and he is God. Jesus did not need synergy. He could have done it all himself. He was present at creation. The book of John says, by him all things were made and without him there was nothing made that was made. Jesus didn't need synergy. But he taught it, and he modeled it, because he knew that for us to go the distance, and he knew that for us to accomplish great things, we would need to do it together. So when Jesus sent people out into ministry, he says, don't you dare go alone. You go in at least groups of two. The the disciples picked up on this after Jesus ascended into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit The the Holy Spirit didn't come on just one person individually in 120 different places. came on them together as they were seeking God and praying. They did it together. They experienced it together. 
When Jesus sent them into ministry, he sent them out together. When he taught them about prayer, he, he said this. He said, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. What, what is with that? You, you, that's, a new sp- that's a new understanding of a verse that you've seen before. That tells us that when we gather together in prayer, when you agree in prayer with someone, when you say it's just two of us, it's three of us, but we're going to trust God for mighty things, then more is going to be accomplished there than we could even do alone. Powerful. It means, it means when, you, when you go and you minister to someone and you pray over them, and there, there's, there, Jesus said, you're, you're doing this alone. Ha, we do it together because we belong and they got it. Later, they did things together. They gathered as a church, first in Jerusalem, later in, in a lot of other places like Samaria and Antioch and, and many, many others. When, when missionaries were sent out, they went out from a gathering of believers. Those believers, those, those two or three people <coughs> at a time, excuse me, they went out. And what did they do? They didn't, they didn't just lead people to the Lord and say, okay, now trust Jesus and hold out till the end. No, they planted churches gatherings of of believers where people had a sense of belonging. And then later when those missionaries came back and they reported to a body of believers, to those churches, the Holy Spirit inspired people to write letters to who? To churches, yes, some individuals, but it was to be read in all the churches, the gatherings, places of believers where people belonged. They never went it alone. They never went it alone. So if you tell me, I don't need anyone, just Jesus, well, let me tell you, you you can have just Jesus, and when you die, you'll probably go to heaven, but you'll never be the believer that Jesus wants you to be unless you are in belonging with someone else. You will never never accomplish things of, of any substantial value unless you are doing it with someone else. It's the biblical way. I'm not making this up. It's all here. So listen, this morning, whether you've been a part of AFA for a week or for a lifetime, I want you to please know why we do the things that we do and why we are what we are. And I want you this morning, again, whether it's been a few weeks or a lifetime, I want you to have a sense of belonging here. We belong to Him. We belong to Him. If the blood of Jesus is on you and the blood of Jesus is on me, we belong to Him, but we also belong together because we belong to Him. Because we belong together, because we belong to Him, we are being changed by Him and through each other. We belong. We belong because together, Empowered by His Holy Spirit, we can accomplish so much more than we could ever do alone. God guard your belonging. I didn't say God guard your belongings. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that we put so much effort and time into guarding our belongings. We lock our doors, sometimes have security systems, 
We have a gun. We have the 911 real close by. We put a lot of effort into guarding our belongings, but sometimes we don't guard our belonging. Let me, let me tell you something. Satan wants to destroy your belonging. He wants to destroy your belonging. And he will use almost anything, anything, to get you so upset so that you no longer belong. And you better guard it. Because there's going to come a time. No, there is a time. It's right now. But there will come a time even more so when you need that belonging more than you need it even right now. It's safe to say this at any given week. Some of you this last week had the hardest week of your life. You got some of the hardest, worst news of your life this last week. I know because I talked to some of you. It's occasions like that that we run to Jesus because we belong to Him. But we also run to other people because together we belong to Him. Guard your belonging. With Him. Jesus said, we, we, uh, we used this verse a lot exactly one year ago. We were talking about built up. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So do you belong? I hope you do. If you're new here, maybe you're a new follower of Jesus Christ or the new in the community or the Lord just directed you here some way or somehow. I want you to understand, you don't have to, you don't have to be here. Well, you've been here about six years now. You know what? I think you might start belonging. God help us if we ever think that way. If you love Jesus and I love Jesus, we belong together. If you're here, would you allow the Lord to guard your belonging? Because that belonging is very, very precious. Would you bow your head, your heads with me, please? Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the um, that common thread, that common that 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 unified message that runs throughout it. Again and again, we've seen these. These, these biblical principles, these four principles that we've looked at this morning, Lord, I, I don't see them in just one place. and I see it throughout. I pray for my brothers and my sisters here. W- would you guard their belonging? I don't really care too much about their belongings. It's not going to last anyway. But their belonging will. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving yourself for us. Um, Thank you that when we came to you, we also became a part 
of a wonderful gathering of believers that counts in the hundreds of millions across the world and throughout time. One great and glorious day, we're going we're gonna to gather together to the final place where we belong. It's called heaven. <laughs> oh, what a time there will be then. Lord, if we don't like other believers then, boy, eternity is going to be awful hard on us. So, Lord, would you change our hearts now? Change our hearts now. Guard our belonging now so that we can experience it then. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that we belong to you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad I'm, I belong to you. I, I pray, Jesus, for my brother and my sister who's really going through it, and they need to be reminded of that, Lord, that right now they are in the very center of your hand, right now where they're seated, Lord. They just feel so, so alone, or they, they feel so, so just devastated by something. Oh, God, would you, would you reassure them that they are not alone, that they belong to you, that there are brothers and sisters around them who will who you will use to strengthen them and carry them and minister to them and love on them and sometimes correct them and sometimes forgive them. Jesus, would you do that to that person, those persons here today? In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, people, followers of Jesus Christ. This morning, I'm going to say it again. And by the way, I'm going, to, I'm going to make the invitation here. If you have never begun to follow Jesus, I've talked a little bit this morning about coming to Christ and belonging to Him. If you're not sure on that, you come right up here and there's going to be someone to pray with you. You just come right up here afterwards and there will be someone here to pray with you. I promise that. And by the way, there are people you know who don't belong to any they don't belong to the Lord yet, and they don't belong to a gathering of believers. You know who they are, and they need to, you need to bring them, right? You need to share. You need to take the gospel out, share it with them, and then say, hey, listen, there's a, there's a great body of believers. You may, may need not use those terms because they'll go, what? But it's here. Jesus, I ask your blessing upon my brothers and my sisters here today. I thank you that... Your blood is upon us and we are, we are followers of you. As they make their way to their homes or to places of fellowship, I pray that you would watch over them. Lord, as some of us come back together tonight, may you meet with us here in this place. We commit ourselves to you, God. We're going out into a wonderful harvest field. We're going out into a wonderful task. We can do it by the power and the authority of your word and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Together, together, synergistically, Lord, you are going to use us to accomplish great and mighty things. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and we need you. We pray these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you this morning. Members, if you would get a packet on your way out as well.